everyone to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. Welcome folks to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm your host today. Uh, And this is an interesting show. We've got a lot of stuff that's really wrapped around the VMworld event. Uh, if you're a fan of the virtualization uh, ecosystem, you've probably been aware of it. Uh, this is the challenge when you have timely content that's related to an event. And of course, you're running a podcast. I've got certain folks that may be catching this and it's going to be later than the event itself. Now, the reason why we wanted to really talk about this event and in general, what you can expect to find. Uh, I, I want to really bring focus to some of the important community content that's going on and really some of the people that I want to call out who are doing important things. Now, if you have a chance to take a look at what the industry is shifting towards, there's definitely a huge opportunity for us to look at, at how the cloud and hybrid cloud really comes into play. I'm doing this as kind of a preview of what announcements will be coming up at VMworld. Uh, I've got a lot of platform announcements even at my own company, uh, Turbonomic, uh, that are going to be related to stuff that's going on. Uh, We can't really predict exactly what we're going to see on stage at VMworld. However, we're going to see uh, probably a rise in in active customers running VMware Cloud on AWS. We're going to see a rise in folks that are talking about the kind of cross-cloud services story. And really, this is a boon for all of the folks that are in the technology vendor space and who are in the practitioner and architect space, if you're a service provider, uh, if you're you're providing services groups and and building DevOps practices. So I think of of good friends of mine, uh, Renee Vandenbedem, Renee's at at VCDX133. Renee is at uh, Round Tower Technologies, a phenomenal technologist, uh, great team of folks at Round Tower who are doing a ton of stuff. And I think of, you know, how I've watched what Renee and, and his team and, and other folks that are there uh, uh, that are doing neat things around raising the game with how we as technologists are using the tools that are in front of us. One of the biggest risks that we have as technologists is that we get stuck on the tooling and, and what it is that, that we, we have. And that becomes exciting. Now, I'm a nerd just like everybody else, so I do get super excited about what's going on and what the tools are. Uh, I'm the first one that will tell you that we, we love it. You know, as much as we talk about attaching to business outcomes and understanding what the value is, when it all comes down to it, you know that you really, really, we dig the tech at the same time. And if you don't believe that this is the case, I encourage you to go to, like I said, every every family uh, event that you've got where maybe it's Thanksgiving and, and someone's trying to plug a computer into the TV so they can they can stream the, the football game or, or a soccer game on the Euro Cup or something like that. And if you don't think that we all love technology, just don't plug it in right and watch. And literally people will crowd around it the way that uh, that you know, seagulls will converge on a, a broken loaf of bread at the seaside. 
there really is no lack of love for digging in and really doing stuff with technology. And that's why this is an important thing as we as humans, we have this tendency, right? We love number one, can we affect the outcome of something? And I can see something on the other side. Basically, can I do something and in the period of time that I'm doing it, see the results? We're also, you know, living in a microwave speed, uh, you know, 140 character now, 280 uh, character lifestyle with with Twitter and such. So microblogging and micro attention has really pulled us even closer sometimes to only being able to love the thing that we can accomplish immediately and see results from. So this is where we have the dichotomy as we as technologists, and if you're looking to raise your game, get a new architecture, uh, you're thinking about what it does to mapping to business requirements, it's a good exercise for all of us to take a look. What's the theme when we look at an event like VMworld, Microsoft Ignite, AWS reInvent, Cisco Live, all these things that are going on? That top level theme is really what we should be working towards. And then it works its way down throughout in how we implement that stuff in the infrastructure itself. I'm lucky enough to be able to be part of an amazing team and when I see this stuff play out where while at the beginning we really had to focus on what was the technology able to do and, and that was important because the people that are going to use your, your products or, or use your services really got to get what the technology does and they have to be excited about that. There's nothing wrong with being excited about technology enter the laptop and the uh, TV problem, right? So then if we think about what it means to move your thinking further up, and this is kind of the architectural thinking. Uh, if you're a fan of what it means to go through that, there's there's a book, in fact, uh, Melissa uh, Melissa Palmer, she's been on, on the podcast before, she's at Vemus33. Uh, if you haven't read her book, it's called The IT Architect Journey. You go to itarchitectjourney.com and you can see about the evolution of thinking and the way that you you run your daily practice of in technology in order to move from just keeping the lights on to actually architecting towards business requirements and, and how we change our thinking. Other great folks, again, Renee uh, Van Embedum is, is phenomenal uh, at really being able to lay this out. Go through the VCDX directory and you're gonna see lots of folks, uh, Melissa and Renee, both being VCDXs. You're gonna see the, the, the type of thinking that, that goes into play. Then we bring in other amazing voices of you know incredibly strong architectural technologists, uh, uh, folks like Josh Odgers, uh, somebody who I've really, really watched see how, you know, taking the VCDX practices and when he went over to Nutanix many years ago now and and Michael Webster as well also he's the VCDX NZ001 uh, I think uh, apologize I don't have it in front of me but really those those two fellows and, and many of the other folks that are at Nutanix are great examples of people that said okay well whatever the technology is let's really think about the the high level what we're actually trying to achieve hyperconverged infrastructure brought over this this incredible new way of thinking and we as technologists kind of got stuck on well what's it actually doing it's a speeds and feeds thing versus what's the actual business outcome uh, we do want to get to the understanding what all those underlying bits are that get it done we also have to think about what it means to that upper level you know obviously you can't ignore what's going on down the infrastructure layer but you do have to think about what is it actually getting you, whether it's ROI or TCO or whatever, whatever you want to call it.
So then we talk about abstractions and platforms that are that are everybody's multi-cloud now and multi-cloud will mean something different depending on what the solution is that the company is talking about inevitably there's going to be a lean towards whatever the practice is that they can bring so if you're vmware and you talk about multi-cloud you're going to talk about vmware cloud and aws attaching to vmware vsphere or vmware vmware cloud foundation on-premises it's going to be using hcx and nsx it's going to be using uh the vmware on on azure it'll be using uh you know kubernetes hopefully you know built by heptio etc etc like if you go to the microsoft team and they say what does multi-cloud look like to you of course it looks like running azure on-premises it runs azure there you can run containerization so you can cross clouds and run it on other cloud partners microsoft in a different and unique position because they they are azure so they can't really talk up the competition and and that's where it becomes a challenge right so make sure as you as technologists when we listen to the stories being told by the vendors we have to make sure that we look at what does it actually mean in relation to what they're about to sell you and again if we think of higher level thinking this gives you a critical eye on when you're talking with a, a vendor through a sales conversation and and what what can you use to really drive value out of what it is you're about to buy must potentially spend a lot of money on so we've talked about you know events so there's gonna be lots of announcements there's going to be lots of uh you know veiled pokes uh maybe not even veiled pokes at at oracle cloud or whatever like it's a, a typical thing everybody likes to likes to do that kind of like we all make fun of facebook for privacy okay we actually should make fun of facebook privacy because they just it's terrible but when we look at what's oracle doing in in the world they're doing pretty big things not at the scale that that aws is and in fact at the time if you're listening to this fairly recently it was the brand new launch of another gartner magic quadrant for infrastructure as a service as if it's any doubt uh, the AWS environment was up and to the right, as they, they always are, because they created the industry. And they are so far ahead that from the first step on the podium to the second step on the podium is uh, an, an exponential change in you know scale uh, and thus revenues. So even if you talk about percentages of revenues, it may look like they're you know, good or bad or, or swinging in variances of percentage. But, you know, 50% of a billion dollars versus 50% of 200 million is a big difference. So that's where you'll see the pundits and, and folks hopefully will work backwards from the percentages and work backwards from the position and really think, what, what are these companies doing? What are they actually bringing to you as a business and as technologist that's going to advance your life, your skills, and the, the success of your business and your organization? And then these abstractions become this thing of like, if you want to be multi-cloud, well, what's the right way to be multi-cloud? Is it going to be platform as a service, say Cloud Foundry, OpenShift? Is it going to be something along those lines? Is it going to be adopting Kubernetes? Uh, and I've been lucky enough that I spoke, ironically enough, at the OpenStack Summit uh, in Boston a couple of years ago. It's actually been a couple of years since I've I've uh, been at the event. Great, you know, it's now the Open Infrastructure Summit. So the OpenStack Summit, I had when it was it was I called it the Kubernetes OpenStack Club Sandwich. 
how to deploy Kubernetes on OpenStack that's running on Kubernetes. And it was a fun talk, uh, talked about some of the stuff that I'd seen and, and, and was working towards building as well and seeing the way that Kubernetes was a great hosting infrastructure for services to understand the way that we architecturally build out and deploy and manage OpenStack infrastructure. And then how do you then use Kubernetes as a consumption layer for your development team? And OpenStack was in the middle. I love this this kind of uh, OpenStack Cloud Sandwich, even though you know a, a lot of folks very aptly called it out as like, why would you run OpenStack on Kubernetes and then give Kubernetes on top of it? But we run mixed infrastructure. We run mixed workloads. If you believe that all of your workloads on Earth will run on a containerization platform, uh, well, you're going to want to go to the HashiCorp Summit because you're probably really, other than the fact that Kubernetes is owns the marketing language of, of container scheduling as a platform. Nomad is actually a, a more powerful platform, has a higher feature set and runs at scale already. It has uh, things like role-based already baked in. It has federation baked in, you know. So there's there's a, a very interesting battle as we look again. You know, if I look at technology, number one, you know, who's telling me that it's great? Is it somebody that's selling me the thing? So careful, right? You obviously are thinking differently when they're the ones who have a vested interest in the, the selling of the item. Uh, Penn Jillette always famously said, uh, never let the person you know uh, who's selling you a timeshare help you with the math. Because obviously it's, they're going to make it seem to swing in your favor. And it won't prove out to be that case down the road. So open infrastructure became an interesting area because now we're seeing the packaging of open infrastructure. We're seeing the use of it on top of other things. We're seeing hybrid implementations. Um, so that's that's a big thing, right? And the second piece is, you know, what do you need to do as an organization to be able to have the skills gap mapped out? Uh, you know, do you have the skills amongst your team today to be able to jump in and say, okay, right, I, I believe you, Nomad's a better physical, you know, implementation or better logical implementation rather. Okay, great. Uh, so now what? Well, now you got to go and learn learn what it is. And although Kubernetes is probably one of the most widely used, it's also not simple to deploy and manage. Uh, I would urge you to go back and listen to a couple of great podcasts with Rob Hirschfeld. Uh, Rob is at Zehicle on Twitter. Uh, also uh, runs the latest Shiny podcast. So super cool. Uh, just a, a good human and a good friend. Somebody who I, I've i been lucky enough to know and really talk to what are we really trying to achieve and now being deep in the community and, and in the technology ecosystems, what mistakes are we making as technology vendors and technology communities in getting these products to market, getting them higher, you know, visibility and getting them utilized, especially when you're in like big, big open communities like like that with something like uh, Kubernetes, you're, you're going to start to see the, the growing pains as people start to request features that may not align necessarily with the, the core tenets that the original project began with. Kubernetes is very interesting. I'll definitely, uh, if you're not using it already, you should at least in some form or another. Uh, and we're going to see that as like that's the probably one of the most popular abstractions because if I run Kubernetes, then I can effectively deploy it on bare metal. I can run it on VMs uh, so that I get that different set of isolation and I've got different 
underlying infrastructure capabilities. I can run it on any number of clouds. I can run it on a Raspberry Pi if I so desire. It's, it's super easy to spin up in small environments. Uh, when you get at scale, things get a little bit gnarly and that's where the, the fun begins. So again, here's the next piece, right? If you're thinking about infrastructure choices, you're also having to class in uh, how does it run at scale? What does that scale mean for you? What does that scale mean for the rest of the industry? Uh, I've gone to environments and I talked about running containers at scale because there were 20,000 containers. And see, the, at the same time when you're saying that, that somebody is over in the corner sort of chuckling because they say, oh, <laughs> that's funny, that's cute. Uh, no, we run 250,000 containers at any given time and they have a life cycle of a gnat. So they basically turn and burn these containers at a, at a record pace and, and then they have this continuous ephemeral workforce that's, that's running. So it's very interesting to see. Again, here we go. So you're, you're an architect, you wanna become an architect, you got a lot of stuff in front of you, you're heading into event season. So go in there with a critical eye. Go there and listen to the keynotes. Hear about what the messaging is. Then take that same, that, that initial sort of marketing impact and then now go to the blogger ecosystem that's wrapped around that community uh, and look for varying voices. You don't want to just basically look over the social media timelines because you'll quite often see repeats and retweets of, of the same content. You really want to dig into technologists, uh, folks that are implementing these services and, and products out in the wild, grab onto them. Again, I, I suggest you watch Renee and, and VCDX133.com. Great example, right? He writes about a ton of news that's going on in the world, sees what infrastructure is coming up, and then you can sort of take that and, and look at other folks around his ecosystem and say, what, what do those folks think? Um, it's it's in very important if you look at Eric Shanks, another great example, a super cool human, great technologist, amazing to watch the shift from virtualization stack, probably came even before that, did a ton of stuff in you know other ecosystems, now moving into DevOps, getting into cloud, seeing more stuff around uh, containerization. So you see those folks that are going through that on your behalf and they've probably walked those first steps for you uh, so uh, eric shanks is at the ithollow.com not just awesome because his name is eric but awesome because he knows that the real value is going to be what you actually achieve with this stuff and again as we enjoy the nerdiness and and that bit of it we also have to think further to you know are we actually getting an outcome that's going to be meaningful to myself as a career and also in, in to my organization, who I work for or who I support if I'm a, an implementation kid. So VMworld will be in San Francisco. This is the first time going back to San Francisco in a few years since we've been in Las Vegas for a couple of years. And the change is going to be welcome for my morning run group because every morning we run, uh, so it's 6.45 every day. We're going to have a, a 5K running group that goes out from Sunday to Wednesday. And because we enjoy the cooler temperatures, uh, we're gonna be able to not be quite as, as terrified about whether we've got water along the route. Uh, it's a great chance to meet other folks who, again, you know, you talk to 
super technologists who also have fitness on their mind. And you know, we've got folks who are analysts, folks that are out of the customer ecosystem. You really get a chance to come along. So if you go to discoposse.com, take a look at the, the VFIT. So discoposse.com forward slash VFIT. So V as in Victor Fit. And uh, check out, we've got, I've got the run route there. You'll see we go from the Moscone South. We run, uh, so it's a three mile or 5K run, depends on what part of the world you're from. And we go down to the giant stadium around the Embarcadero and then back across Mission Street. It's a nice conversational pace. The goal is to be able to do just that. Get a little bit of exercise to wind up the legs, shake out the cobwebs from the night before because it's probably been a late, a late night doing other things uh, around the city. And then being able to talk with amazing folks who are you know, kind of sharing stories. And, and it's, again, if you want to get those, those voices that are diverse, then this is a good place to do it. Uh, it's a it's a really enjoyable event, and again, it's why not get a little bit of uh, exercise on while you're at it. Shave a couple of calories off of what may have been a, a bigger dinner the night before. The other thing I, I do encourage folks to do is if you dig coffee, this is my last podcast where I'm going to do shameless self-promotion probably. Okay, maybe not the last one. If you come to my booth at Turbonomic, we will be at booth 1839. Uh, just look for the Turbonomic booth uh, and bring coffee. So the coffee exchange, if you go to discoposse.com, you can see it's actually a pinned post uh, talking about the, the coffee exchange. I encourage people to come from literally wherever they are, find a local roastery. If you dig coffee, grab a local brew that you enjoy. I just grab one or two pounds, uh, ideally two pounds of, of uh, beans, so whole bean coffee, and then bring it to the event. You drop it off on either Sunday, uh, Monday, or Tuesday morning, and then uh, what happens is from Tuesday afternoon and all day Wednesday, you then come back to the booth and you reach into the old grab bag and you pull out whatever you brought. So if you brought two pounds of beans, then you take two pounds of beans and you take it away, which is cool. So you could be tasting beans from perhaps they're coming from Italy, from uh, Australia, New Zealand, from South America, wherever. You're, you'll see a real diversity and representation. And so how often do you get a chance to try coffee from around the world that is probably a week or so old because at the most, because it was freshly bought by somebody and brought directly by hands to the event center. I'm amazed by the the love we've gotten from this. My team at Turbonomic is super supportive and they let me run this craziness out of our booth. Uh, it smells like a giant coffee pot by the time we're done every day. And what we do is, you know, we saw, I think last year, uh, we had 44 pounds of coffee beans were exchanged. So that tells you about the, the amount of folks that are involved. And I'm, I'm super pleased. There's literally, there's no cost to doing it. You just bring in your beans, uh, share it, enjoy it, take some home, tweet it out, make sure that you, you tell us. Uh, I'm actually going to try and do a bit more on social this year to, to get Get feedback from folks of like, hey, what what did you get when you took it away, and where did it come from, and maybe try and connect people up, because that's the other thing is our these events are around finding your peers. Uh, so go to the community lounges, go to the the blogger areas, go to the hangout sections, and those are really where you find the folks that are they're chilling out. They're they are your peer group because they're at the event and they're taking it in 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 stride. And so it's a good chance to 
sit down, hear what's going on with other folks in the industry, and, and just you know, meet great people. So I encourage you to do so. So this is the oddity of the podcast run because I've got, like I said, a couple of things that are already recorded, but they're sort of timely. I do encourage you to, to you know, give me feedback. If you've got some folks that want to jump on the show, uh, then please do let me know. I'm building up a good guest list. We've got some more folks that are coming on. As we go to the event, I'll be doing some live stuff right from VMworld itself recording a couple of podcasts so please do reach out if you're going to be at the event because i'm booking guests right now uh you can uh, send me an email just tweet me uh, dm me i'm on twitter it's at disco posse or of course just email me to eric at discoposse.com and let me know uh who who you are who you want me to talk to and and what you want to talk about and we can get you introduced I, I've got a, a, a good growth in, in a kind of the amazing folks that are that are giving feedback, that they're loving the show. So I hope that this stuff, I you know, the solo shows are never as exciting because it's not as conversational. Conversation is really where the fun happens. And we're going to have a ton of conversation on the ground at uh, VMworld in San Francisco. So in the meantime, get your plans, get your running shoes on, grab a couple of coffee beans, go to my website, sign up for the coffee exchange because I, I, I've got a type form there uh, so you just fill out the form so we make sure that we know how to find folks uh, come on by visit me at the turbonomic booth uh, and I've got a, a ton of really cool stuff going on and in fact if you if you are there and you want to really win a wicked cool uh, prize uh, we're we're giving away something pretty monstrously awesome on the Wednesday uh, so you, you've got to be there you'll see it when you get to the the show uh, so please do come by say hi uh, thank you for all the folks that have been sending in emails and, and DMs about the show. Uh, I really, really appreciate that folks are, are, are giving great feedback and, and we've got you know, exciting new guests that are taken in different directions and very, very happy that I'm, I'm hearing of other folks that are getting into the, the podcast game. We have a real opportunity within a, a near like Gutenberg style revolution that we can open up, make voice a new way to really share information get stories heard, uh, listen to the last podcast, the most recent one, also with Yadin Porto de Leon. Uh, Yadin is a, a phenomenal community advocate. He talked about V-Trail Map and other things that are going on at VMworld. So please do uh, go check that out. Uh, and thanks to the folks at Cohesity for supporting the, the V-Trail Map and, and much more. With that, we're going to close up for today. We will talk to you next Friday. So make sure you jump on in. Uh, give, us a, give us a like. Uh, make sure you... You rate the the podcast on iTunes and do tell your friends, share it out, go through the backlog. If you go to discopossepodcast.com, you'll see the shows and see if there's something that you're you're digging and you want more, great. If something you want less of, absolutely do let me know. And thank you very much for all the folks who have been supporting this podcast. Uh, and it's been incredible. And I look forward to Oh boy, we're we're approaching. We're almost at. We're going to be at show 100 in a. Uh, by the time we hit the the tail end of the year, and that's pretty crazy. So looking forward to to show number 100 and much more. Thanks for your support. I'll talk to you at the show. Of course, you can reach out to me. I'm at Disco Posse on Twitter. Follow along and see what's going on. And I'll see you later. Thank you. You're listening to the Disco Posse podcast.